The following podcast is a Dynasty Kingdom production. Yo, 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 what's going down, everybody? Welcome back to another episode on Sundays with Mike and Diana. Thank you so much for being here with us. We love you guys so much. You could have been anywhere else in the world today, and we thank you so much for lending your ear to us today. So before we go ahead and go in, let's go ahead and go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we just lift up your holy name right now, thanking you for dwelling in this place. Thank you for dwelling through the airways, Father God. We pray that you protect and be with everybody that's tuned in right now, Father God. We pray that you bless their ears, bless their hearts, and bless their spirits, Father God. We pray that their relationship with you is increased through this podcast, Father God. And we give you all honor, glory, and praise, not just today, but for the rest of our days. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Check-in time. Check-in time. <laughs> I feel like you always start. I so do always start. Maybe I'll go ahead and start it off today. Okay. How are you feeling? Well, my baseline is a four. Okay. I'd say I'm at my base. Nice. Feeling normal. Okay. Feeling myself. That's always good. Earlier this week, I was feeling a little bit lower. Wasn't really feeling myself. Didn't really know how to put a feeling to it or really understand why I was feeling lower than myself. And it kind of threw me off because I'm usually pretty up. So today I'm feeling myself, it feels good. Nice. Feels good to be back. Glad feeling you're like back. myself, you know <laughs> what I mean? So I'm feeling pretty good. I have no complaints here. I have breath in my body. Yeah. I have my lovely wife next to me doing this podcast. I got food in my stomach. I got money in the account, got gas in the okay. car. I'm just, you know, I'm just feeling the fruits of normalcy and it feels good. Labor, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm sure it didn't feel good to have a, an off week, but those weeks are so, it's almost like gratitude filled because then you can compare it to your norm. A lot of us just get used to like day-to-day things, but when you have an off day and then, you know, you can really reflect on how good things really are sometimes, Man. you know, Man. lose sight of that. Yeah, well, how are you feeling? I am normally a two. I think I'm at my base also. It feels higher, but then when I really check in with, like, my body and my mind, just, like, all of the things lined up together, I'm at my base. But I had a really energetic day. I feel like Mm. I just had a lot of momentum. Like, the highs were really high and the lows were really low. But I feel present and I feel like I was alive in those moments or just like very present in those moments and I think it shows where I'm growing too because a lot of the areas where maybe I didn't lean into or I had fear I'm proving to myself that I can do those things Mm. even with the discomfort and the fear Mm. and it's just like oh cool like I am that girl like I can (laughs) I can do hard things today and I did a lot of difficult things today with a really great attitude that I feel was God-given because yeah same it feels like this week it wasn't low like I didn't have a low week but just a lot of things that had the potential to just have the negative impact on my day and I was Mm. just like there'd be a fire and I just didn't really give it the attention I just fought the fire and kept it moving and so just grateful to remain 
That's where I'm at. Awesome. And even for me being your husband, it's cool to see that growth because I remember times On when both ends too, you were growing and you weren't at this level yet. And there were, and I'm pretty sure the times that you're referring to that you went through today, mm-hmm. that you would isolate and shut crumble. down. You know yeah, what I mean? And like, <laughs> it was just like no movement almost. Yeah. You know? And it's, it wasn't that you didn't want to. Right. It was that you didn't believe that you could. Yeah. So just seeing you now in this space of believing that you can, even though you may still have the same feelings. Yeah. But now you're in control of those feelings. Yeah. So it's just cool to see you prevail through that. Thanks, babe. Course. I think it's like learning my coping skills too because sometimes in those moments of like desperation and I can't even move I feel so stuck I think even that was just a way of coping because my body is in just such a state of shock I don't know how to move or what to do or what the next move is but I don't have to call on myself today and so it feels mm. good to still go through the ebbs and flows of life and have you as so my what you, partner what do you mean you call on yourself I mean, I can just call on God. There's, you know what I like mean? Like, how, how do you do that? Oh, it just looks like submission. For me, it, it literally looks like stop, drop, and just either pray or take a deep breath or just pause and sit in the sun for a while, mm. literally move myself from the environment that I'm in and just connect with him. It doesn't always have to be this spiritual summoning. Sometimes it's just like a simple, let me go make myself a matcha. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> let me have a matcha with God and just tell him what I'm going through right now because I can't do it on my own. I can't carry it and I don't know what to do next. Can you guide me please? Mm. That's good. That was a longer check-in than expected for an average day. I know, <laughs> you know. Ain't nothing wrong with a long check-in. Sometimes I we got to take the time to physically check in with self. Because Every day. I think we get so busy Yeah. when it's just, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Mm. Okay. How you doing? It's so short. But Generic when you really answers. dig into how you're really feeling, if you really could be open with somebody and really express how you truly feel, it'd probably take you a little bit longer than okay or good. Yeah. So I'm just glad that we can create that space for ourselves to just Me sit too. together as a couple and really express how we you know how we feel Me too i really love that and i think i i didn't get it all the time i remember i saw something with the dalai lama in interviews and they'd ask him like how are you doing and he would legitimately legitimately take five minutes to answer because he would really think about it before answering it mm-hmm. and a lot of us are just so programmed to say we're fine or okay or things are like whatever so I love that. That's actually really rare that we can, we do do that every day. Yeah. Not just for the podcast. We like, even if we notice the other one is off, we'll be, we'll be like, hey, where you at? You yeah, know, and you're yeah. like, you know, I'm at a two or I'm at a four or whatever, you know. Or sometimes it doesn't even have I'm a not, number. I'm not even, I don't know it's, where I am. I don't am. even know where I'm at, but I know. <laughs> I'm not on a scale. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not where myself, I'm Yeah. Know? So what's the read for today, honey? The read is Angels Visit Abraham. So I'm excited for this one. So today we're going to be reading out of the book of Genesis, chapter 17, verses 1 through 8, and then skipping ahead to verses 15 and 16, and then Genesis, chapter 18, verses 1 through 15. Coming out of the children's book, the Lord had made a special promise to Abram. He actually made this promise twice. Abram was very old, almost a hundred but he and Sarai would still have a baby. It would be a miracle baby. Then God changed Abram's name to Abraham, which means father of many. 
That's because Abraham would be the father of people from many great nations. God also changed Sarai's name to Sarah, which means princess. One hot summer day, Abraham was sitting by his tent. Suddenly, he saw three men coming toward him. Abraham jumped up and ran to meet them. That's what people did to welcome guests. Stop and rest here, Abraham said to the three men. Then Abraham ran inside and told Sarah to make some bread. He ordered a servant to butcher a calf. Before long, he set cheese, bread, and a roast veal before the strangers. One of the men looked up at Abraham. He wasn't really a man. He was the Lord who had come to visit Abraham in the form of a man. Next year, I will give you and Sarah a son, he said. Sarah heard what the Lord said. She and Abraham were almost 100 years old. Sarah laughed. How could she have a baby when she was that old? But the Lord knew that Sarah laughed. He knew that Sarah doubted what he had promised. Why did Sarah laugh, the Lord asked Abraham. Is anything too hard for God to do? Next year, you will have a baby. Now Sarah was afraid. She had laughed at God. What would God do to her? I didn't laugh, she lied. She had doubted God. Now she lied about her doubt. That's the way it often is. We get into trouble, then we lie to try to get out of it. It's better not to doubt God at all, isn't it? Genesis chapter 17, verse 1 through 8. Abram is named Abraham. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. At this, Abram fell face down on the ground. Then God said to him, This is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I'm changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations and kings will be among them. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. I will give the entire land of Canaan where you now live as a foreigner to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever and I will be their God. Verse 15 and 16. Sarai is named Sarah. Then God said to Abraham regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah, and I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. Genesis chapter 18, verse 1 through 15. A son is promised to Sarah. The Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. One day, Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and noticed three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. Rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on your journey. All right, they said, do as you have said. So Abram ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, hurry, get three large measures of your best flour, knead it into dough, and bake some bread. Then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to his servant, who quickly prepared it. When the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and the roasted meat, and he served it to the men. As they ate, 
Abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees. Where is Sarah, your wife? The visitors asked. She's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year, and your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself and said, how could a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, no, you did laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, he said, girl, I heard you silently laugh to yourself. <laughs> Don't play. Oh, no. You know what time it is? I am the Lord Almighty. That's so funny. Remember, who came to see Abraham one day? The Lord. And who else? And two other men. Two angels. Two angels. Mm -hmm. What kind of food did Abraham give his guests? He gave them some bread. Yeah. Some meat. Mm-hmm. And some yogurt. Mm-hmm. What good news did they bring? They told the old folks that they were going <laughs> to bear a child, a son. Yes. Why did Sarah laugh? Because she was 99, 100 <laughs> years old. I mean, people get on the news for being that old. So just imagine seeing a 100-year-old woman pregnant, <laughs> bearing a child, and is going to birth a brand new baby. Like, honestly... People wouldn't believe it, huh? <laughs> if I was in Sarai's, well, her name is Sarah now. If I was in Sarah's position, honestly, if I overheard that sitting in the tent, I probably would have chuckled too. Like, <laughs> that funny like, guy. Good. That's a funny guy out there. You know, my time is up. You know, mm. like, I'm not going to have no children. Why did she lie to God? She lied because she didn't think that she was heard. She didn't know that he had heard. But once she heard him ask why she laughed, she felt bad about it, so she lied. Discover, what would you like to say to Sarah about lying? What would you like to say to Sarah about lying? <laughs> I would just like to tell her that... Sweet Sarah, I won't be able to say much to Sarah. She's a hundred. But I, I, mean... I would just tell her, I would just like to tell Sarah that the Lord sees, hears all. Mm -hmm. And it hurts his heart when we can't be truthful. Mm. I wonder if she lied not so much because she was heard as much as maybe it came off like she was mocking God. Like, ugh, like, yeah, right, God. Like, that sounds good. Yeah, I think it's just God hears and sees all. Yeah. Like, he wasn't asking because he didn't know. He I was know, asking I to know. test her character. No, he was asking so that she knows that he was listening right to show himself as god i mean i don't know i'm just picturing sarah 100 years old in the tent eavesdropping and laughing you know yeah <laughs> so, yeah man so just like she was listening he was listening wow yeah what would you like to say to yourself about lying oh my Ooh. god this little children's book <sighs> she's spicy it's so you know it's so funny because <laughs> i was so quick to say something about, about sarah what you gonna tell yourself well, for myself, me personally, I've never been a good liar. I've Not always had a all. tail oh in my, my face God. when I lied. So I was never really a good liar. 
But you still try it though, huh? When I try to lie, <laughs> I would like to tell myself that it's not worth it. Yes. I'll end up having to lie more. Keep track of the lies. Keep track of it. Remember which ones I told, who I told them to. It's just a lot of work. Too much. Just too much work to lie. Yeah. And it always hurts you more than it helps you. Like, mm. the truth will mm. always be what you need to tell because when you lie, you're not being real. Like, let's say, for instance, your homegirl or your homeboy puts on this outfit for you guys to go out. And you're like, that looks great. I think you look beautiful. I think you look handsome in that outfit. But you internally, truthfully know that it's not the fit for them. You hurt them and you by telling that lie. One, to them, because they respect your opinion and value it so to the point that they took your lie as a truth. So once somebody that can tell the truth lets them know like, hey, that wasn't it. They might not even be your friend after that. So is it worth jeopardizing friendships, relationships, your character by telling a lie? No, it never is. You always end up losing more by telling a lie. Even if the truth hurts that person, it's gonna hurt them more by lying to them, right? What do you feel about lying? Like yeah, I have a couple of things that come up for me. And I was gonna ask you, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself because I haven't read the questions in the book, but what would you say about like little white lies or just half, a lie is a lie half truth there is no half truth there's no half lie it's a lie it's yeah. a lie if there's a truth it's the truth yeah there's no bends in it i think for me it's dangerous when you start to believe your lies because then you're operating from a place of falsehood that you you are tied to in a sense mm. and you will die behind that lie in a way there's no room for God in that because there's no room for error. There's no room for, you know, like you have to believe your truth. There is no other truth aside from like the one you told yourself, which is a lie. Yeah. So I think that's when it can get dangerous when it's not even the number of lies that you told, but maybe the depth of your lie, like the reach of that belief system in you, because, you know, we lie not just to others, but to ourselves all the time. It kind of reminds me of Sarai in this read where she literally out of her own mouth, probably to see a hundred years old, what a gift, right? To live that long. But out of her own mouth, she literally said, I'm a worn out old woman. That's how she saw herself. That's a lie. That's a lie. God called her a princess. He literally changed her name to Sarah mother of many nations, a princess. He doesn't see her the way she sees herself. Mm -hmm. But how many of us, we just believe that lie that we've been telling ourselves for so long. We literally believe it. Man. And you die behind it. And honestly, yeah, like that's maybe, if that's what you believe, you become what you believe. Man. So for me, I guess going back to the questions, what would you like to say to yourself about lying is just be careful like what you tell yourself and what you tell others and ask yourself is it important is it helpful is it coming from a place of truth or like is there something else behind that i don't know just checking i guess like why why feel the need to lie because in many scenarios there's really no need mm. and i used to be someone like that like i just don't want to hurt feelings so i wouldn't lie but i would withhold information you know but now that we're speaking about it that's not great either i think god wants us to speak our minds and be honest and still be really kind with our yeah. words 
but you still have to be you have to honor yourself and you have to honor god in that and be have integrity be truthful yeah and just to bring it back to god god is not a man Mm. so he will not lie so if you find yourself believing lies, yes. go back to see what God says about you. So true. Because man is flawed. Yeah. Man is imperfect. Man has ulterior motive. So man will tell you something because it sounds good. Mm-hmm. God will tell you something because it, it is, is good. Yes. He calls us a masterpiece, an apple of his eye, his most prized creation. Mm. So if we believe anything other than that about ourselves, we have now believed a lie. Yes. God wants us to be fruitful. You see it in the message. Mm-hmm. He promised Abram, Abraham. He promised mm-hmm. Sarai, Sarah, yeah. mother and father of many nations. And on that note, the other thing that God doesn't do, because you brought up that God doesn't lie. God does not fail. He's not promising them these things based off of maybes these are certainties these are guarantees this is like yes you you're gonna get what i have promised for you he says it so many times covenant son this that descendants like there's so many words that he's just like i mean it's written in black and white and they're still kind of like yeah but i mean are you sure because i'm old (laughs) like yes like yes i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) but he doesn't lie and he doesn't fail apply can god do anything yes Will he always give you what you want when you want it? No. And I know that personally. I hate that. Yeah. (laughs) I know that personally because I'm in a season of transition. (laughs) And in this season of transition, I've been in disbelief. I've been questioning. I've been impatient. (laughs) I've been everything that Sarah... I might as well be 99 years old and me expecting a baby because (laughs) I got the same questions and everything that they have because, you know, it's not in our timing. And it's not that he doesn't want it for us. It's just we're not ready to receive what it is that he has for us right now. He's preparing us in these times of waiting. Mm. He's seeing if we're going to be faithful in the time of waiting, if we're going to be obedient in the time of waiting, because it's going to take a different version of yourself to inherit what he has for you. Mm. You're not even that person yet. You couldn't even hold on to it for long if he gave it to you right now. Or you could not even maybe even bear it. There's still people that he's putting in place. There's still opportunities that he's putting in place. There's still things that he is working out behind the scenes to make it all come to fruition so me now having an understanding of waiting on his timing i'm learning how to be patient i'm learning how to have how not to be so questioning or so like disbelieving because it's not in my control god controls my life i'm not in control of it as much as i want to be sometimes this is a great story because i almost picture Sarah's pregnancy as you were talking when you said, you know, you can't handle the inheritance just yet. You can't bear it just yet. I think of the pregnancy almost like if we look at our own lives, we're pregnant with something, a gift or a dream or a purpose or something that needs to, we need to birth that thing. We need to give life to that thing. But there's certain things that maybe are tucked away in our heart that can't yet 
grow or manifest until God said. Mm. Just think about all of the times of all of the things. If things would have gone your way, think of how maybe that would have been different versus God's timing in it. And that's what I think the pregnancy symbolizes. It's not sure, yes, a baby, but then also like God's promise that he's put in your gut, in your spirit, that thing that just won't leave you alone. You're going to have to birth it. You're going to have to, of course, because he placed it there and it's not going to leave you alone. But, you know, it just looks different for everyone. And it's all about timing. Man. It's all about timing. And honestly, just to pick back up on that timing thing, like, I feel like in today's society, time has turned to a microwave. So it's like, <laughs> you almost feel like if you're not yeah. at this caliber, if you're not making this dollar amount, if you're not in this career by this certain age, if you don't have a family and all the things by this certain age, it's like, it's over. There's mm. no hope. Like by 30, There's no, you have to have it all. Like, yeah, like <laughs> that couldn't be so much further from the truth. Yeah. Like, I feel like I just started in my 30s, baby. I just yes. hit 30. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. I'm just now yeah. starting to realize that the things that I thought were so important are just not important. Yeah. I just love the fact that God has a timing. Mm -hmm. And now I am in tune with that yes. timing. Because when I was out of tune with that clock, yes. I was doing things on my timing. And my timing led to all kinds of things that I didn't really want. Yeah. It only looks like we want those things. And I'm sure in your own life you can attest to when you put your hand over everything, you had your hand in every aspect and had full control as so you thought, and those things that you were doing, you were frustrated, you were anxiety ridden, you were fearful because you thought you had to do it. Yeah. You didn't have God to depend on because you weren't looking to God for his timing. But he brought you back anyway. He brought you right back aligned with his timing anyway. And that's how he's going to work. Nothing you're going to do outside of God's timing is going to last. Mm. Everything that's great takes time. It takes God's timing. Mm. God builds legacy. God builds things that outlast generations mm. from generation to generation. If you want temporal blessings, go ahead and try to do it yourself. You might have the finances, but you may not but you're not gonna have the love. You may have the love, but you may not have the finances. Who knows what that thing that you're gonna sacrifice in doing it in your own timing? Because you can't have it all unless you do it with God. Yeah. A couple of things came up for me. Because I remember we would even have conversations like when I was younger. It's, I remember like every birthday would feel like, oh my gosh, I'm getting older. Oh my gosh, but what I, I didn't accomplish what I wanted this year. Like all of these things and like just superficial goals, I think at the time that I had for myself. And now the older I get, the younger I feel. I feel just like that. I feel like at 31, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm brand new. I have all this time. Like I have so much time and it just... It's because of that, because we're in tune with God's timing, which is seasonal. Like he gets it. Like he gets that there are seasons in life, just like there are seasons in our life, like winter, spring, summer, fall. Not everything can bloom all year long. There has to be periods of lack or of deficit or of, you know, just complete, you know, desolation, whatever. Like you just don't have things blooming all year long. And... It kind of, what you said about anything that you do outside of God just doesn't last. That is so true. People will see 
you now. I'm going to use you in, as, as an example. So people will see you now, people who didn't know you then, you know, what it looked like to do things outside of God. And they will just think like, oh, you know, easy for him or he's a writer he knows the like he just gets it he gets life he knows how to do it whatever right and it's so funny how people can just look at you and just not take into consideration the season that you've just come out of we only see the you we see now because because of those seasons of drought or lack or not enough or seasons of sunshine and like love and just understanding and all of that like all of that makes up who you are and we've had conversations about there are people who love Mike but they don't love religion is not their thing I get it it's not everyone's thing like religion isn't even our thing I feel like our thing is relationship and that's the religion that we follow but you can't have one without the other like Mike doesn't come without the God in him right like all of those things are because of the things that God put you through in his timing. Like you only get this version of yourself now because you went through so many different situations in life where you weren't trust, you know, you weren't as trusting and you had a season like maybe Sarah or Abram, you know? So I just think it's like really cool how it really all does come full circle at the end because if you don't do it God's way, He's just going to put you back to third base or wherever you need to be until it's done in the right in order and in his timing. Sometimes he says yes, sometimes he says no, and sometimes he says to wait. Sometimes he says yes, sometimes he says no, and sometimes he says wait. So that lets me know that not everything's for you, not everything's for you right now, and sometimes it's for you right now. When you can get in that flow with God and you understand his seasons, like yes, no, rejection just means redirection, not right now, wait. It makes it not easier. It's still difficult. Just because he says yes doesn't necessarily mean that it's easy. That yes could be really scary. Or just because he says no doesn't mean that that's not difficult. You may have really wanted that thing. Or if he says wait, like, I mean, you've been in those situations, right? But I do think it makes it easier in a sense to digest and understand what season you're in. If you're in a season of wait, be patient. Do what you can in that season of waiting. It's not like we're sitting here idle, sitting on our hands. God still wants you to do your part and show yourself faithful. When he tells you no, thank him for the no. You never know what he's keeping you from. I am so glad that I did not get everything that I have prayed for in my life. So glad. God knows what's best. He's not keeping anything from you to hurt you. He loves you. And when he says yes, whether it's a loud yes, a subtle yes, a resounding whatever type of yes, like move on that yes. Even if you don't feel ready, even if you're too old or you feel too old, or even if you just don't feel called or qualified or whatever, God's not lying to you. Trust him. So I think that would be my prayer for you all is just learn what season you're in. Maybe I'm in a season of giving, or maybe I'm in a season of receiving, or maybe I'm in a season of waiting, but everyone is in a season. So get in tune with what God is saying about the season that you're in 
and just ask him for guidance and direction and how how what do you want, what would you have me to do god in this season seek him deeper in those moments where you're really struggling to trust and understand those were just my final takeaways final takeaways is it's all going to happen in god's timing we can't force anything to happen we can't make anything happen that God wants to happen. We have to surrender what we want and what we think that we can do to what God can do through us. Everything that God has for you is bigger and better than anything you could even imagine for yourself. These are promises. Yours are maybes. Yours are what ifs. God's is a guarantee. So I challenge you to take your hands off the steering wheel, step back and listen to what God's saying. God, do you want me to do this? If so, show me. If not, show me. Help me to learn how to be patient in your timing, God. Help me to be obedient and believing and faithful in the time of waiting. God has to come first, guys. Nothing comes before him. Those things that he's placed on your heart, he wants to bring it out of you. But you have to allow him to do that. So I just challenge you guys. Allow God to bring it out of you. Don't force it. And I think with that, go ahead and pray out, honey. Okay, all mine's clear. Dear Heavenly Father, you have confirmed a covenant with your people, Father God, with your listeners. I know that you hear them, that you see them tuned into this message, Father God. And there is something on the airwaves that has potentially touched them or has gotten them curious about you and your promises to them, Father God. We thank you right now for every listener, for the families that are attached to them, oh God. Touch their tongues right now, Father God. If they have spoken lies that have come out of their mouth or just said anything that just isn't true, Father God, isn't your truth for them, I just ask that you bind their tongues, Father God, and instead they start to speak life over themselves, oh God. Speak truth over themselves. Speak faith over themselves, Father God. I pray that you just carry out an abundance of blessings for their belief and their willingness to turn their ears, to turn their lives over to you, Father God. We thank you right now that they are pregnant with dreams that you have put in their, in their bodies, Father God, in their minds, in their hearts, in their spirits, oh God. We know that it is an active process to have faith and without works it is dead, oh God. So we just thank you right now that in, at this very moment you're meeting them where they're at. You're increasing their faith. You're increasing their boundaries. You're allowing them to make more room for you in their lives, Father God. We just pray that they reject any trick of the enemy, Father God, that comes to discourage them or cause them to stray away from you and what you have told them. I know that you've told them, you've spoken to them, but maybe they're just struggling to believe it right now. So we just bind the disbelief in the name of Jesus. We thank you for all that you're doing, seen and unseen in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Sundays with Mike and Diana. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. If you're in the Las Vegas area, join us for our in-person Bible study every third Saturday of the month at 10 a.m. And don't forget to connect with us at underscore Sunday's podcast. Thanks for listening. See you for Bible study next week.
Light work. work.